0: You're listening to Interviews with Adam. I'm your host, Adam Miller, and today we're joined by my good friend, Kathy Boyle, who is one of the representatives of one of my favorite ministries here on Cape Cod as they reach out to J1 students, and with spring in the air and summer around the corner, that means that our population here on Cape Cod is about to triple. And uh, in that same regard, that means a lot of international students will be coming here to work in the various uh, hospitality industries. It's always a great privilege to have Kathy with us. Thank you so much for being a part of the many voices for that one message.
1: Thank you, Adam.
0: Why don't you get us started by telling us a little bit about the J1 ministry program and what you specifically are doing uh, for and with the international students that come to not just Cape Cod, but to all of America and particularly here in New England.
1: The J-1 program began over 25 years ago. It's run by the Department of State, and it's really a cultural exchange program more than it is a work and travel program, although that's what most of the students come under, that J-1 work and travel visa. And there are 101,000 that come across the nation. Massachusetts has the largest group of students that come, and there's approximately, between the Cape and the islands, there's about 4,400, 4,500 students that come, and they come from over 60 countries, and they come here for three to six months, mostly three and four, and they work their brains out at a local resort, or at Dunkin' Donuts, or whatever store they hired them, and they're supposed to be finding what American culture is like. So what we do, we, there are two arms of our ministry. It's called Hello Summer J-1, that's the event arm, and the Mid-Cape J-1 Housing Program, which is finding housing for these students because the students don't have to, or I should say the employers, don't have to find them housing. So the students are constantly sending me emails, trying to say, do you have housing for me in such and such a town? That's where most of my student contacts come from. And then we steer them to Hello Summer J1 Cape Cod, Massachusetts Facebook group, where they can learn about Cape Cod and they can learn about the different events that we have and ask questions. And learn how to spot scammers, Mm -hmm. because some of the students look on, um, I will just call them questionable websites for rentals. And so we try to teach them how to weed out the scammers.
0: Mm. Now, we're living in um, an age where it seems that there's so many opportunities for people to... Uh, get caught up in so many problems. For any parents and grandparents that are listening, if you can imagine your children uh, going into a foreign country with very little knowledge of what that country is like and very little knowledge on what they're going to get when they arrive, thinking they have all of their contracts arranged, um, we would be a little more cautious. So uh, this is something to be thoughtful of, especially as we're the the Christian representative here in New England, uh, uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, that we want to make sure that we are representing uh, a, a safe environment for these students that are coming in to, uh, to work in our communities.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that we tell churches on Cape Cod who want to help us out, there's, they can do their own event. The major event that we have is the Welcome Dinner and students will come and they'll hear about Lyme's disease from a medical professional. They'll hear that the policemen in that town, we are your friends because in some countries they are not your friends. And they will also hear about bike safety. They will receive free bike lights. They will get information about Cape Cod and they'll get a backpack and in the backpack there will also be a Bible and they'll also hear someone share the Gospel at the dinners as well. And in each table, we have stationed someone from one of the churches, and it's their job to get to know these students, get their contact information, know who they are, so that they can follow up with them throughout the summer, and also when they go home, so that if any of them receive Christ, then these people can help answer their questions, and maybe find a missionary in their area where they can go to church regularly.
0: Now, you've been doing this ministry for quite a number of years now. How long has this ministry been going on, and what has been your long-term, because these students come here for such a short period of time, uh, but your relationship with them extends beyond that. So tell us a little bit about how long the ministry has been going, but also some of the long-term results that you've seen from the ministry.
1: Well, started in 2012, and also in I think it was 2013, my husband and I also started housing students as well. And what in just in our lives, we still keep up with some of the students. There was one young woman, she was from Malaysia, and I happened to get her and her friend, and they were one of the few evangelical Christians in Malaysia. But she hadn't been baptized yet. She was still, there was a part of her that was still seeking. And so when she went home, because I asked her, do you want to be baptized? And I explained to her what that was. And she said, I would like to do that at home at my church. And about a year and a half later, she sent me pictures Hmm. of her being baptized. Because in other countries, baptism is a really big deal. It means You are dead to your old life, 100%. There's no going back, and you will live for Christ publicly. You will live for Christ publicly. So baptism is a huge deal. It means total cutoff from your old self. So she made that commitment, and she sent me the pictures. We also had another young woman from Malaysia who gave her life to Christ, and about six months later she sent us pictures of her being baptized.
0: Mm. So you've been able to maintain a lot of these connections uh, through the the Internet and through those. Uh, some students even return uh, different summers. You know, Every year they'll come back, and uh, you're able to see patterns of growth. This is really an opportunity not just to, to minister to those who are wandering amongst us, but really to do a certain level of discipleship and, and training because they're, they're ready to learn, aren't they?
1: a lot of them come very hungry Mm. they'll come with a lot of questions they're hungry for the american culture so if you find a j1 student and you you're either at one of the dinners or you're a host family or you're just meeting them in the supermarket and you're getting to talk with them invite them to your church because in the beginning of the summer they're not working as much and they want to know about culture even Muslim students will go to church because they want to see what it's like because they've never been in a church before
0: that's actually a really good point because a lot of these students have uh, a very a small, minimal window of what they think America is like because of what their culture has told them, but also for uh, what they've seen on television. I, I like to talk to the kids whenever we do one of these welcome dinners and ask them what American TV shows they've seen and just find out how skewed in their perception of America Dallas, really yes. is. <laughs> yeah, uh, or Friends or, or The Office. It It's kind of funny to see how many of them have a reaction to the American mindset and then how easy it is to transition from that point to share with them how America really is and how it's not as clean as they might think it is. Mm. It's not as we're not all Christians like they might think, think that we, we are. are. Yeah, but we, but also, also Christianity is not what they think it is, and we're able to give them an inroad to share what our faith really means to us.
1: One of the surprises that many of the Orthodox students have had when they've come to church. Now I'm from a Pentecostal church, so we have drums and guitars and. We're loud, and we sing a long time, and and the pastor preaches with passion. Not that other churches don't, but we just do a little more. And they've all said, when we go to church, we are told when to stand, and when to sit, and when to sing, and what to read, and what to do, and we have to dress a certain way, and we sit on a bench, and you're sitting in comfortable chairs, And you're clapping. Why are you clapping? Why do you clap in church? I don't understand that. And so we get to say, we are excited about what Jesus has done for us. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again, and now we can live for him, and our sins have been forgiven, and we're celebrating that fact. And to them, their church has been more about culture, Mm -hmm. but then they get to see it in the lives of people where Jesus is really real to them, Mm -hmm. and that draws them. They want to know why.
0: Mm. It's a great witness. It's a great opportunity to be a witness of what Christ has done in our life, more than just uh, representing the American culture. I'm curious, um, what is the reason for why, why a church should consider Uh, doing a program for J-1 students, doing a welcome dinner, Uh, what advantage uh, will it serve a local church, especially for students that are seasonal, they're only here for the summer? Why engage in something that is so short-term and small?
1: You can participate in missions without leaving Cape Cod. You can do it right from your own home if you take in students, Or you can do it through events and then you can follow up with them later. One of the things I forgot to mention is my husband has a Facebook group called J1 Pastor where he disciples the J1s and the H2B visa people online. And we also have this little card that says hello summer j1 you're a world changer with a qr code and when you click into that it goes to global university where there are free resources for following up with people from people who are questioning to basic christianity and getting the basics of what they need to know and they can do this for free and it's in multiple languages but the most important way is for people to be connected with these students even after they go home, Mm. and check up on them and see how they're doing, and they'll ask more questions, and then you can give them more answers. And in essence, you are discipling them from your own home.
0: Yeah. And I think this is the call of what we're supposed to be doing. It's a great commission is not simply to serve the poor and to evangelize, but to make disciples, make people that are going to follow Christ. And that happens from a real level of commitment, but it also has these amazing opportunities that we can leverage our kindness to strangers, mm-hmm. and we can leverage evangelism as a means of bringing people together to then in in teach them and to, to show them what it truly means to follow Christ. But that has to come from our example of showing kindness and, and feeding the those who are without food, housing those mm-hmm. who are homeless, that comes into play as we are seeking to be disciples ourselves, correct?
1: Amen. We we tell people at the different churches all the time. My husband will look at the pastor and say, Pastor, if your members of your congregation decide to house students, I can understand why they might be a little afraid because they have to act like a Christian twenty four seven. But you you know, you do. You should be anyway. And One of the students questioned, it's constant throughout the years, why are you so nice to us? Mm. At our workplace, some of the people make fun of us, but when we come and be with you, you are kind and you are nice. Why? And that opens the door to share the gospel.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. We have to do our discipleship as individuals following Christ is an everyday thing. It's not just something we check into on a Sunday. And this uh, opportunity to invite other people into our life, uh, more so than just our immediate family who have learned to deal with all of our squabbles and our sin, uh, we're inviting other people into our life who are seeing us. And it puts us in a mode of thinking of how am I representing Christ, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week, this is. Let me just encourage all of our listeners. If you have people in your community, if you have an empty room in your house, this is an amazing opportunity to reach out to those students. Uh, they're respectable. They're clean. They're responsible. They are uh, hard-working in every way, and uh, they would be a huge asset not only to you but to your family and your community. And it's a great opportunity to witness and to be a disciple.
1: Absolutely. And I just like to encourage people who are not on Cape Cod, but you might be in a tourist area. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you can do if you have students in your community, and you probably do if you're in a tourist area, is to do a welcome dinner. And if you want to do a welcome dinner, we've a document prepared step-by-step on what you need to do. If you want to learn how to run a housing program or to house these students, then send an email to cboil777 at gmail.com, and I'll send you the information. It's time for churches to start thinking out of the box as far as discipleship and evangelism is concerned. And this is one of the most amazing ways that you can do it. And it it revitalizes your church when you start to see the young people coming into your church and asking questions and you just it's just an exciting time it i just can't explain it I, I am totally done in by these students. Mm-hmm. They are just so amazing. And just to be able to play a part, and you can too if you're in a tourist area, so please send me an email if you're interested, and I'll try and get you started in your area.
0: You know, so many of our listeners are passionate about world evangelism, uh, but many of them can't travel, and so they're, uh, they're supporting these ministries financially, they're praying for these ministries, they're praying for what's happening around the world. Um, but what a great opportunity to see the world coming to us Absolutely. and to be then sent back to their own communities uh, to be a representative. This is world evangelism. It just so happens to be in our backyard, correct?
1: Exactly. Exactly, uh, sometimes, as church members, we get stuck. We have a certain way that we think we have to do things, and it's always been this way for a very long time. but God is doing a brand new thing, and we need to open our eyes to it. He's bringing people here. yeah, here to America, here to Cape Cod, here to New England. and there are so many ways that you can reach out not just with J1s, but with immigrants. You can start an English as a second language class in your library or your church. These are wonderful ways to reach out and help.
0: You know, America used to be one of the largest sending missionary countries in the world, and we're not anymore. (laughs) Let's just face it. Uh, Actually, there are more missionaries going out of uh, Mongolia, uh, South Korea and uh, Brazil than any of the other countries uh, combined, <laughs> and uh, so it's a, it's a shame that we're not doing more. But here we have an opportunity where we don't have to send people overseas because they're coming to us. I really do hope that um, as our our listeners who love missions would take it seriously, the call to minister to their neighbors and their loved ones uh, that are just around the corner and to see the great impact that they could have uh, for the world around us. Um, One of the other things that I notice greatly about this ministry and why I've just latched on to it and love it so much is, That these kids are bright they are inquisitive they are interested where a lot of uh, our listeners kids and grandkids may be disinterested in talking about spiritual things these kids are hungry Uh, this is Mm -hmm. an opportunity for us to really pour into people that care about what it means to be a Christian right
1: absolutely and with all the J visas combined, there's probably seven or eight different categories of J visas, 33 percent of those will be in top levels of their government. Mm. They will be the huge world changers of their nation. Can you imagine sharing the gospel with a teacher or someone who is going to be in high level positions in their country? and they take the gospel back to their country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, it doesn't just stop here. It continues, because as we get them connected with missionaries or churches in their country, then we are able to continue the process of discipleship, and they, in turn, can bring the gospel to their nation
0: and they're coming from a lot of different nations. A lot of nations that, uh, as an American, we may not be able to go and be a missionary. Um, some a- areas that are a little bit closed off to uh, clergy visas or missionary visas, we couldn't go to them, but they can come to us. And this is a very unique opportunity, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Um, I have four girls from Uzbekistan that's going to be working at Dunks around the corner for me. I got a housing requests from a young man from Turkmenistan. In Turkmenistan, you can't even own a Bible,
0: mm. but
1: they're coming here. Mm. They're coming here. And not just on Cape. 101,000 J1 work and travel students all across the nation.
0: Mm. You're getting a lot of these contacts, not just uh, for the ministry component. Uh, you have the welcome dinners, but a lot of people are reaching out to you. A lot of these students are reaching out to you because of this housing need and here's an amazing opportunity I really wish our listeners would take this seriously if you have a room in your house available you have an opportunity to put discipleship into real life practice what advice do you have for any of our listeners who are thinking about wanting to do more and be involved and even uh, turn instead of an Airbnb turn their room into mm-hmm. an opportunity for ministry?
1: Well, if you're in Massachusetts now and you're doing Airbnb, you might want to consider housing a J1 student because the short term rental tax went into effect this year and you're getting taxed if you're Airbnb, but you will not get taxed if you house seasonal workers, which is a wonderful opportunity. If you have students living in your home with you, you're considered a host. They have to follow your house rules, they have to buy their own food, they have to buy their own supplies, they have to pay their rent on time. If consistently they don't do these things, then you contact me if you're on Cape Cod, and I will come and tell the students they have one week to find new housing. Mm -hmm. That usually puts the fear of God in them. (laughs) Um, I've only had to do that twice, and I've been doing this since 2013.
0: For thousands of students, thousands, yes, yeah.
1: I are we're crawling up towards 900 housing requests already, and it's not even April.
0: And that's just from this year. I mean, that's a typical thousands of requests every year for for these students that are looking for places to stay. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had a thousand houses with Christian homes? uh, where they not only a room to rent but really a family to integrate into? Uh, Mm Because that's what discipleship is. I mean, if we look at the biblical model, you know, Paul was staying in people's homes Homes. as he was on his missionary journey. He didn't you know, have to uh, couch surf or Airbnb. (laughs) He was staying with fellow believers as he was traveling. And what an amazing opportunity for us to do the same for those who are in our own communities.
1: Absolutely. And on the Cape, the average weekly compensation is the correct word per week per student is 125. You're not just doing this in And eating up all your resources. You will get compensated weekly. In fact, they won't go into your home. They'll think something's wrong if you don't charge them. Mm. So. It's an amazing opportunity for you to get extra income at the same time discipling people from other countries.
0: And our listeners shouldn't be intimidated by this. I mean, a lot of them are thinking, you know, I I don't understand their culture. I don't understand their language. I don't know, you know, if, if they're having all of these excuses on why they can't do it, what would you tell uh, our listeners as to what the advantages that counteract or counterpoint to all of the reasons and excuses that they might make.
1: Oh, you get to learn about all these different cultures that you might only study about in a missions book. Now you've got them living with you and you're understanding how they're thinking, they're, how they were brought up, how they were raised. And also, <clears throat> if you ask them, Well, what is it like at home? My husband often says, is your family religious? That way it takes the pressure off of if I'm religious or not. And they'll say things like, oh, I pray five times a day. Then you know. Excuse me. Or they might say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Easter and every Christmas. Mm. That gives you an idea of where they're at. And then to be polite, they'll say, what about you? Yeah. And you can share the gospel.
0: Yeah, the cultural difference is so vast. And these mm-hmm. kids have not been conditioned like much of uh, our American teens who don't have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for older adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to not only uh, learn what it means to be a disciple, but to make disciples as well. And um, and you will be blessed. Our, mm-hmm. I, I know... I know mm-hmm. that uh, our listeners who house these students and those uh, across the board who have had uh, interactions with these J-1 students, it lights a fire in their hearts, <laughs> yes, it lights it a fire in their spiritual life. They're excited about uh, not only the, the faith that they're seeing develop in these students, but their own faith as well.
1: Amen. That's so true. It's so true because it's no longer, shall we say, head knowledge, book learning. You're applying what you've learned when you've read the Bible, Mm. when you've heard sermons. You're applying it, and you're seeing it happen, Mm. and you're seeing the results. That's why I'm so excited every spring, because we have a new set of students coming in, and so we get to minister to more countries.
0: Yeah, and this this is one of those things, if you feel like you're in a slump, uh, here's a way to get kicked out of it. <laughs> and, and, and you really don't need to have a seminary degree. You don't need to oh. be this uh, really well-crafted evangelist. You'll learn as you go, and these kids are understanding. They're patient. They're learning as they go. This is not something where you have to worry about having a hospitality degree, a theological degree. You just need to be open, willing, and uh, God will use you to impact thousands of kids lives every summer uh this is an opportunity i want to fully endorse if i was a candidate (laughs) i'd say i'm adam miller and i fully endorse this ministry (laughs) uh but i want to say that everyone should take advantage of the opportunities to be world changers by impacting world changers amen yeah we've been talking with kathy boyle who uh, with a group, including her husband, have started up this amazing ministry, uh, the J1, Hello Summer J1 ministry. Uh, It's impacting students from over 40, even 60 countries some years. And it is an amazing mission to make disciples of every nation for the glory of God. So, Kathy, thank you so much for being a part of the many voices for that one message and sharing more about your ministry. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this interview made possible by our ministry at Songtime Radio. You can find out more information about our ministry by visiting our website at songtime.com, where you can find this and other interviews on our podcast series, as well as our weekday broadcast, which includes teaching, interviews, and music. We also want to encourage you to sign up for our free monthly newsletter. It's got encouraging articles and there's no obligation to find out more information about our ministry. Again, visit our website at songtime.com This ministry is made possible by people just like yourself. We are 100% supported by our listeners. So if you have been blessed today, why not join with the many voices together for that one message, the gospel of Jesus Christ with your donation to the Songtime ministry. To make a donation you can do so online at our website at songtime.com as well as by mail. Write to us at Songtime Radio, Peelbox 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts 02630, or give us a call, make a donation over the phone. It's 508-362-7070. On behalf of our entire Songtime staff and our own Dr. John DeBrine, the founder here at Songtime, who encourages you to grow in grace and not groan in disgrace. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller. God bless.